You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. guys i wanted to take a quick minute to tell you guys about our amazon affiliate link our new amazon affiliate link is peerpleasurepodcast.com slash amazon that's going to give us four percent of everything you buy through that link on amazon and it costs you nothing more than just buying your purchases and it just gives us four percent which is awesome helps us keep the lights on and we really really appreciate the continued support once again that Amazon affiliate link, go and bookmark it now, peerpleasurepodcast.com slash Amazon. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Adobe Radio and Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. And this week, we have the Brothers Breckenridge. Yes, that's Ed and Riley Breckenridge from Thrice and their new band, Less Art. Less Art just released their album, Strangled Light. On July 28th and it is absolutely fantastic I've been listening to it the last few weeks after Ed sent it over and uh, it's really something to be listened to a lot it is fantastic you definitely need to check it out uh, strangled light by less art uh, so Ed and Riley uh, were gracious enough to come on the show and uh, drop some knowledge on how they recorded the record some of the tones they got the whole feeling behind it um, a little bit about the new Thrice stuff they've been working on. There's a whole lot in there for everybody. So we're definitely going to keep this intro short so I can get all this uh, awesome interview in here for you guys this week. So really glad to have you guys back. We are at peerpleasurepodcast.com. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. Definitely follow us on there. And uh, peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email address if you need to get a hold of me. Um, guest suggestions, questions, concerns, anything that way. Uh, the Amazon affiliate link, I know you heard the commercial earlier, but definitely use that anytime you shop on Amazon. Definitely helps out the show and helps us keep the lights on. We really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. It's really fantastic to see the numbers grow. Um, some big news, we are launching a Patreon. Uh, we're launching a Patreon in September. It's going to be called the Pleasure Seekers Club, and it's an exclusive club. Uh, you can get all kinds of bonus content, submit questions, all sorts of awesome stuff. It's really in the infant stages right now, so I don't want to say too much, but definitely want to let you guys know to be looking out for that in September. The Peer Pleasure Podcast Patreon Pleasure Seekers Club is coming to you in September. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Ed and Riley Breckenridge from Thrice and Less Art. 
Well, right on, guys. Well, you guys are the only repeat guests. We're almost at a year now with the show, and you guys are the only repeat guests, <laughs> but for different reasons uh, with a different band. So I'm stoked you guys came on uh, speaking to the brothers Breckenridge, uh, Ed and Riley from Thrice and Less Art. And today we're going to be talking about Less Art. Um, so welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, sir. Thanks for adding us. Yeah, absolutely. Having us. Did I say adding? That's like a... Thanks for friending us. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for conversing. (laughs) Well, it's funny because I set up uh, this... I I reached out to Riley a long time before your shoulder surgery um, about possibly doing this, and some time passed, and then I got in touch with Ed, and so we set it all up, and then literally the next day, your publicist emailed me and said, hey, uh, like the show, would you be interested in interviewing Less Art? And I was like, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> so I emailed him back. I was like, we already set this up. And, and uh, he's like, man, great minds think alike. And I was like, indeed, man. And he's like, well, right on. Have fun. <laughs> cool. So that was pretty sweet. I, I really appreciate you guys, you know, back from, you know, episode two on the show uh with thrice and that was a that was a uh interesting time i was like my my it was actually my third interview with the show so i was totally you know i did not know my gear or anything else i had set my mic up in the middle of the table if you remember and i think dustin put it on a piece of pita bread uh to stop from the vibration (laughs) (laughs) yeah did it work did it work it well it sounded horrible i almost thought it was not ready it was basically I had just gotten the microphone and I set it to stereo instead of omnidirectional. So mm. you hear Dustin, you hear me, you hear Tepe, and a little bit of Ed and some of Riley. So I sent it to my cousin who's an audio forensics uh, guy with the the FBI, and he uh-huh. tried to clean it up as best he could, but he's like, dude, this is bad. And I was like, man, I feel so horrible. And uh, we salvaged it, and it was a good episode. I think a lot of people liked it, but a lot of people were like, man, you got to interview him again because I couldn't hear a lot of it. And I was like, dude, that was my bad, and I sent out a big email about it to the mailing list. Anyway, long story short, welcome back, and uh, stoked to have you guys on. So um, I wanted to talk uh, talk first off about how the band Less Art even came together. Uh, It's been a while in in the making, correct? Yeah, um, so Ian and John and Mike and myself, um, we did a little baseball-themed grindcore band, like a joke band called Plague Destroyer, (laughs) Um, and uh, we did all that writing for that remotely, like we were never in the same place at the same time, Mm -hmm. and... um, I don't know, we just had fun making stupid songs about baseball, and um, I don't know, we had so much fun doing it, we decided that we wanted to to do it, like, in a more serious fashion, like the kind of band that could maybe be around for a little while, and could, like, play shows, and maybe hop on a tour here and there, um, and Ed and Mike and I had been working on... Um, some songs of our own during the thrice hiatus. Um, so it kind of just made, and, and like vibe wise, they were kind of similar. Um, 
So it just kind of made sense to to fuse the the two projects, yeah. and I'm really I'm really glad that it worked out because um, I don't know the way Ed and, and John play guitar together and feed off of each other is, is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I'm not I'm not getting arrested right now. I'm just <laughs> we're, we're at our practice studio, and uh, it's uh, it's a kind of popular place for lawbreakers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah, it just it made sense to fuse the two projects, um, and it's worked out really cool. And yeah, John and Ed playing guitar together has worked out really awesome. They complement each other in a cool way, and they both kind of have um, different creative brains. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been super cool. Well, yeah, I got I got a copy of the record uh, last I think last week, maybe the week before, from Ed and and uh, it is just brutal, dude. I I loved it. I, I got the <laughs> first couple uh, preview tracks that you guys released on uh, uh, Spotify. I think is what I what I listened to. Ended up listening to them on, and the record just flows so well, and the the tones are ridiculous. And I. I had text Ed because I was like, dude, I'm so glad you're using Sun Gear now because that's what I use and I love it. And yeah. he's like, dude, I'm not using it anymore. I'm using JMPs. <laughs> and I was like, damn it. Because I was so stoked to have another guitar player like rocking the Sun stuff because it sounds so massive. And I mean, you literally turn the volume to two and you're you're blowing eardrums out. And uh, yeah. yeah, I just, uh, the, the tones the the drumming is insane like that i was i was really excited to to check it out because i i mean one of my main main things with this is going from a band like thrice that's huge uh you know to putting out like a side project which is more of a i think it's more of a serious gig as you were saying going into that from thrice i mean you have so many people that are going to hear that immediately versus a band that just started out the gates. And I wanted to know how it, how it was feeling for you guys, being able to, I mean, are you more, or were you worried of getting like a poor reception to where everyone wanted a Thrice record or everyone, you know what I mean, where you, you have an established fan base, but that fan base may or may not want another Thrice uh, when you put out this record. Have you had a good response to it or, or did you think about that at all during the writing process? Uh, I definitely don't think we thought about it. Uh, I mean, I guess you always kind of think, what what will people think of this? But it's like, people don't like it. I'm still like, I still like it. So I don't, it's like, who cares? But I also feel that way, like, about Thrice stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, this was, this was an opportunity to play some different, like, I mean, it's it's heavy and thrice is heavy, but it's like different. It's like less melodic. It's more like angular, and it's you know, I I feel like thrice could do stuff like that too, but it's it's just like it's it's a it's a different thing, and I I feel like there will people there will be people that like are into the more melodic side of thrice that will be like I don't get it or I don't want to get it. I don't like it. Um, but then I think there will be people that will totally get it and kind of be maybe coming from a similar place to where our, our heads are at or like the type of music that we listen to or, yeah. or are influenced by. And 
I mean, it's, I feel really lucky because for me, it's like, I get to play a different instrument. It's, it's totally like a, a rad experience for me. I feel like it's, it'll help me in all sorts of music writing in the future. And I, and I feel like playing with other people does that, does that too. But, um, it's just been a really cool, uh, change of perspective for me. Sure. Absolutely. Going from yeah. bass to guitar. I mean, and how yeah. long, so you've been, and you've been always writing for, for thrice too, right? Ed with, with like guitar riffs and stuff. Yeah. You don't just contribute bass. I mean, you've done both. Yeah. But to then yeah. be thrust into, well, not, I guess not thrust into, but put into the guitar headspace, I mean, that's got to be a crazy change for you. And with Riley, you know, still playing drums, but playing a totally different style, you know, I almost, I couldn't pick it out. Like, if I listened to it out of, out of nowhere, not knowing who this band was, I wouldn't have even compared it to thrice because it's totally different and that was that was awesome to see because you completely reinvented it seems like you're playing or went back to a style where you're just beating the hell out of the drums it seems like maybe you i don't know if with thrice you know the bigger it gets and the more uh, the larger producers you work with i know a lot of times may tend to, to have you pull back or you know uh, bring it down a little bit uh, on the playing side um, when you're recording, but this one sounds like just balls to the wall, you know, just, you know, sweating and, and cut fingers and just, you know, brutalizing. Yeah, it, it, it pretty much is. Um, I, I really enjoy playing like a caveman at times. <laughs> and uh, this, this project is like a perfect opportunity to do that. And I listen to a lot of really heavy, really sludgy, uh, kind of angular stuff, uh, not stuff that's not melodic, um, stuff that's kind of, kind of a bummer, stuff that's like less hopeful, I guess, than, than a lot of Christ stuff. And, you know, I listen to a lot of that stuff. So, um, you know, when I have free time, like that's stuff that I like to play along with. So, getting to play those kind of songs in a live setting is going to be really cool. Um, and yeah, it was just a super fun project. And Scott Evans, the guy who produced and mixed the record, um, he did a phenomenal job tone wise, like you were saying, whether it's the guitar stuff or the drum stuff, um, or the clarity of all the instruments. And I think it's like pretty, pretty positive. It's my favorite drum sounds i've ever gotten on a recording uh-huh. um which is pretty cool i mean scott's a, a monster he doesn't do a ton of records and he, he tends to do a lot of heavy kind of more low budget stuff uh-huh. um but like the last two calhoun walled city records he did are two of my favorite sounding records ever so um getting to work with him was, was really cool and i couldn't be happier with how it came out Matt, are you thinking maybe uh, working with him doing the drums for another Thrice record, just doing the drum portion? Uh, I can't say that it hasn't crossed my mind. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we're kind of in the process with Thrice right now of trying to figure out um, who we're going to work with for the next record, if we're going to do it ourselves, if we're going to work with like multiple producers or just one producer. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, if I have 
if I have a choice, uh, I think Scott would definitely be on the short list of, of guys that could do a drum session. Right? Yeah. I could definitely see that, man. The drums sound just ridiculous. That The one thing that really resonated with me on the record as a whole, and I've gotten to sit with it for you know a good few days, where I listened to it probably five or six times all the way through, to really sit with it before this interview because I, I really wanted to, you know, understand what was going on and, and uh, kind of after listening to song by song initially, you know, picking things out, just listening, putting it on and not thinking at all and just letting it roll. I don't know if this was intentional, but it seems like these. So the clarity of every instrument is insane. I mean, the guitars are so heavy and crunchy, but at the same time, you can hear every note. And that's in itself is amazing. But the when everything goes into these like really uh, ethereal like breaks to where it really opens up, that seems like where the lyrics get really deep. And it may be just because I notice it more because the music has cooled out a little bit. But a lot of these big lines uh, that he has seem to flow out in these big kind of spacey parts. Um, I don't know if that was something that just kind of happened. Or if it's something that you guys maybe thought about as you were recording it to kind of let these thoughts come out in that way. Yeah, I, it, it's possible that it was intentional from Mike's perspective. I don't think we we talked about it or anything, but okay. he's he's rad and his, his way of like phrasing and doing stuff is like so it's so rad and, and unique and and it really feels like it's like just. Uh, it's like it, it, you're hearing his brain. Like I, I don't know. I've 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 always loved watching him. Uh, like seeing when he sings with Curl Up and Die, doing that stuff live was so rad. So uh, forever, I'd wanted to play. Like I'd had ideas of doing an imaginary dance with him. So it's it's rad to be able to do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, dude. It's it's. It's just—it's almost like everything is just complementing each other so well. I mean, the parts are quiet when they need to be quiet and heavy when they need to be heavy. And then that—that's just one thing I picked out uh, really well was the the way the lyrics almost change in those parts to where it's like these huge lines. There's a line uh, in the first track that I'm too curious to kill myself, and that was that one blew my mind because that one I actually had to sit there and think about that because I was like that makes that just makes so many thoughts come into my head, you know? And, yeah. and it seems like that's how he writes. Like he just really a philosophical thinker. Like it just has so many, so many layers to what he's yeah, doing. Yeah. It's very, very open. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it seems like he should write a book. Like he, it, it's, uh, I mean, and same with, with Dustin too. I mean, you guys, you guys have, have played with some people that really, wordsmiths i would say like that can really yeah. drive a mood i know i talked about that with you guys with on the thrice episode with the the um the black honey lyrics where it just feels like you can picture what's going on in your head and it just adds to the whole the whole soundscape it's absolutely crazy, yeah but um how did how did uh the record come together were you recording in multiple sessions uh, at different times or did you guys buckle down and do it all at once we we did it all at once so how, how many how many days was it right do you remember i think, I think we we were in the studio for 
10 days, um, which is short by rice standards. I think it's like the second fewest days I've spent on a record before. Uh-huh. Um, but it was rad. Like, we kind of wrote it in, in a similar fashion to the way Thrice writes stuff, which is, you know, just everybody kind of craps out a bunch of ideas and uh, we start discussing them, like, we post them on Dropbox or some file sharing program or whatever and just start talking about songs and, and piecing parts together and doing some kind of virtual trial, trial and error because we were all spread out geographically, like uh, Ian and, and John are in Oakland. Mike was in Chicago at the time, but it moved to Oakland. Uh, and then Ed was down in Orange County with me, but Ed has since moved up to the Bay Area. Um, so, yeah, it was just a lot of like cutting and pasting, and then the the Bay Area dudes and Mike would fly down to Orange County and we'd practice for three days and write music together, and then you know Ed and I and Mike would fly to the Bay Area and do that, and I think there were maybe three weekends we spent together, um, actually being in the same room and writing, but outside of that, everything was just, like, discussed via email and text, not group texts. It's like, what if we try this? What if we try this? Um, so it was kind of scary in that regard, but, um, yeah, basically anywhere from, like, six to ten days of writing together in the same room and then 10 days of recording in Oakland. Wow. I could see that being scary because, I mean, they're guys you haven't played with forever. Like, I could see, you know, Thrice writing that way because you could picture, you know, how how Tepe is going to, you know, texture this part. or But having that faith in, in uh, you know, turning out a good product with being with guys that you've known a long time but not played with necessarily is a huge undertaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Um, how did, uh, yeah. like, the funding for this record and everything else, like, did you guys do any kind of crowdsourcing or anything like that, or was it all just kind of on your own dime? Been on our own dime uh, so far. Okay. Um, Scott was more than gracious with his time and, and effort, uh, which really helped us out immensely. Um, but, yeah, right now it's just, everything's out of our own pocket. Um, you know, the label helped us with putting the record out and, you know, hiring a, a PR person and stuff like that. But, you know, this is very much DIY. Man, it just sounds, it sounds almost refreshing to go back. I mean, yeah. it was in an organic way, but going back to the beginning, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, Riley, you've not played in in any other bands than Thrice, right? I mean, is that I know Ed, you you did something with Angels and Airways, right, for a little while, and and uh, uh that, that well, that didn't actually happen. I was like announced to be oh. playing with them, and then nothing. I think they decided they weren't going to be a touring band or something, and then I can't even say that. I don't. I don't even know. I don't know what happened exactly. But I did do. I did do some touring with Napsack. Um, I, I started touring with Napstack in 2013, and I think we did our last show on New Year's, last okay. New Year's. Um, but I guess Riley had done stuff with uh, with John and Ian, for the, and Mike for with the 
Fleet Destroyer project. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But that was all that that was all like virtual virtual band stuff. I mean, I kind of I got a vibe of like what they were write or what they write like and what the creative process is like with them, but mm-hmm. yeah, you were right. I've, I've never played with another band before, so this has been a really cool experience in that regard. Um, and I never played with a different bass player than Ed, so yeah. It's interesting uh, kind of trying to build a, a rhythmic foundation with a different person's brain, and um, but still getting to like play off of what Ed's doing on guitar the same way that I would uh, if he were playing what he's playing on bass. I don't know. It's, sure. And it's, I, it's fun to see, see what my brain chooses to listen to at, at certain times. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. I mean... It, with every Thrice record essentially being a completely new band, it almost sounds like, I mean, you've gone through transitions musically, but not necessarily personnel, I guess, is what I meant. Because it's, yeah. you guys would always reinvent yourselves, you know, for, for better, for worse, as far as response to the records. Like, you know, it was always something new and fresh and, and uh, you know, it's, that's always been something I've been stoked on but. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, in the studio, especially with that much time, uh, or that short of time, I guess. Were there any like uh, happy accidents or anything like where like, oh shit, we have to keep that on the record? Or um, I know there's a lot of stuff tone wise that can just kind of happen out of nowhere, or interesting, t- interesting techniques as far as uh, drums go, where you know uh, people use like broken cymbals or stack cymbals or uh put a drum set on a on a bucket or you know like anything like that that you used or experimented with from the the drum side of things not really um scott was super easy to work with uh, not only because he's he's really patient and kind of allowed me to fuck up a few times and figure out figure my stuff out yeah um, really yeah, like you, you, but go ahead I was gonna say I feel like you kind of like <laughs> got to do something that I think like most drummers probably would want to do or it'd be like okay like let's try a bunch of different fills on this part rather than be like no no fills you know like I feel like producers aren't usually big fans of doing drum fills uh huh <laughs> Yeah, and and I feel like there was some cool, like almost like, like um. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. 
there's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show 
Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me. And having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Oh, what is the word? Uh, Improvisational uh, drum filling on on some of the parts on this record. It was really cool to watch, from my perspective at least. For sure. And I think Scott's one of the few producers I've ever worked with. It's not the only producer where he's like, oh, I wish you were playing like busier during this song. Most of the time, producers are just like, no, keep it, keep it simple. Fewer fills, just find a pocket, stay in it. Um, but yeah, he was, uh, he was really encouraging and, uh, and patient. And I think, you know, that we did do some editing on the fly, um, uh, because I think like three or four of the songs that we, that ended up on the record, maybe only three, um, we hadn't even really jammed them together in their final form uh-huh. uh, when we got into the studio to record. So I think there was a there was a section on Diana the Huntress that was like this super slow five against four feel, uh-huh. um, kind of after the hectic like convergy riff at the end. Um, but that kind of like decayed into this slow five against four kind of mind fucky part and uh they ended up uh they ended up cutting that part yeah Man. it's it's way better it's way way better because of that <laughs> <laughs> so i think uh and from my my perspective yeah. everything that i did all guitar playing felt like a happy accident to me. <laughs> and uh, actually uh, singing too because I did, I wasn't planning on doing any... Well, Mike had talked about doing singing but I was like, kind of like all on the fly and then now, now I guess I'm singing... I do some singing on the record which is really cool to try and do, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Well, how was that for you? I mean, how how... Did you write any lyrics or anything for this, or was it was that all uh, all Mike? No, it was all it was all Mike had. Like, oh, I want you to do this here, okay. or I, I was thinking you could do this here, or whatever, and then I'd try it out, and then be like, oh, I I guess I can do that there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's it. I mean, the the whole the whole record. I mean, there's just so many things. I'm still picking things out of it. You know, and it's it's awesome to know that it you know ten days in the studio. I mean, that's how records used to be made. I mean, as you know, yeah. and you know, a lot of the influences of both you guys and myself, like it really takes me back to like the I was thinking almost Jesus Lizard, uh, like Steve Albini style, uh, just really angular, but everything's crystal clear. Like I was saying, like you can hear every note, and you guys are playing in a deeper tuning, right? Like. You drop down yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, it's like uh it would be like C standard drop to A sharp. Oh my god. Okay. Or wait, is it A sharp? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I you... should know I'm playing with <laughs> <laughs> 
and you know, that brings me that brings me to this point too is is you guys aren't when you're playing with less art you don't have a crew you don't have a tour manager you don't have techs or anything like that right you guys are showing up in your car probably if it's in if it's in southern california loading your stuff mm-hmm. in setting up your drums setting up your amps i mean things you haven't done probably in a long time uh i mean how does it feel to go back to that i mean is it is it inspiring? Is it kind of terrifying? I mean, is it, uh, what, what does that feel oh, like? Fun. I mean, that's fun. Just hang in with your homies and playing music. It's sure. great. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's super fun. Like, uh, the place that we're playing, uh, this Friday in San Francisco, the Hemlock is like a super tiny room. There's really no backstage. Um, and the stage is like, it feels like you're playing like on a postage stamp. Basically, it's tiny. Um, but, so it's super small. And, like, you know, usually before a thrice show, like, I'll find a place to hide, you know, in a, in a dressing room or something and warm up and stuff. And we played at the Hemlock, uh, like, about a year ago with Less Art. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go warm up. And I was like, where? Oh, I just have to warm up, like, standing here in the crowd with everybody else that's watching the band that's on before us. Uh-huh. So I'm like warming, warming up on my knee in the middle of the crowd. And, uh, I don't know. It's just rad. Like there's a level of nervousness that, um, that kind of atmosphere brings, uh-huh. uh, that you that I don't feel, uh, with rice shows as much. I don't know. Hard to describe. Yeah. It definitely keeps you on your toes. And it, I mean, if something goes wrong with Thrice, I mean, you can you can have someone run out and fix it, or or toss a guitar over to so and so, and and because uh, you guys are you guys still touring with uh, uh, Ethan on as a guitar tech for Thrice? Uh, I think he has like a, he he works with Portugal and yeah, that's uh, that's what I was wondering because normally, I, okay, I just saw him on. So he worked. I think I just saw him on Friday. I went to see Portugal at Edgefield out here, and and uh, just watching the level of professionalism on his end with you know the things he has to do throughout the show. I mean, cell phones are charging in order. Like every, it seems like everything's just perfect. And yeah. I don't know on your guys's end because I wasn't behind the stage when you guys played here in Portland. But I mean, if literally everything is probably taken care of, I would assume, especially. Uh, you know, at your guys' level, but having that to where if my if I break a string, I need to have a backup guitar, I need to grab it myself, or uh, if I'm out of tune, I'm going to have to fix it, you know, on the fly. That little bit of nervousness, I guess, takes it takes everyone back to, to those days of the early shows. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. Yeah. I feel like I feel like with big shows, um, when you get to a certain level as a band and you, like, hire people or employ people to help you get through a show, um, there's a level of safety there. And then at the same time, there's also a level of like expectations, I guess that uh-huh. like nothing, nothing should ever go wrong. And I, I don't mean that from like the band thinks that, I mean, obviously we would prefer if, if nothing went wrong, sure. but like the audience kind of expects like, this should be this well-oiled, well-oiled machine. Like if something breaks, uh, something, somebody's, blowing it somewhere um so like at these smaller shows if something breaks like that's just the deal like we're we're human beings like and 
the stuff that we're playing, they're not like fail-safe machines, you know? Shit goes wrong sometimes. Like, your car breaks down when you're driving. Like, what What do you do? You fix your car. Like, yeah. shit happens. Um, so, I don't know, having that, like, in the back of my mind, like, if something goes wrong, it's not the hugest deal. Like, you just fix it and get back to it, start playing again. Um Whereas in a in a live setting with thrice, if something breaks, it's like oh my god! Like every second, every second we spend like troubleshooting what just went wrong, people are getting more and more anxious or uh, disappointed with you know one minute of silence during an hour and a half set or something. I don't know. Sure, I mean there's. A- it takes me that my dad had an open heart surgery years and years and years ago. And I told, it's kind of reminds me of this because it's, I asked the surgeon, I was like, you know, I don't know how you do what you do. I mean, how do you sleep at night when you know the next day you're going to be in somebody with this job that's super important? You know, what if you're up till one in the morning because you just can't sleep? And he, and he, he summed it up like this. He said, I'm basically just an auto mechanic. I'm the exact same as an auto mechanic. I just fix your engine while it's running. And it kind of seems like the same thing where with a well-oiled machine like Thrice or Portugal, like if something goes wrong, they're fixing it while it's running versus stopping and fixing it, you know, where in a smaller setting where you can, you know, knock it out. And that seems like something that's uh, also pretty nerve-wracking for the crew. (laughs) But uh, with that expectation, and I mean – you guys are lucky because I guess you guys are playing instruments that I mean you're play, you can be sick and still play you know the physical parts whereas like Dustin or or Mike get sick I mean and they can't hit those notes then it's a disappointment all across the board so yeah <laughs> you guys dodged that bullet I, I, was, a, I was a little worried yesterday I was, I was when we were practicing I started losing my voice so I was like whoa hold on now yeah so are you guys, you guys are, you said you're at your practice space. Are you guys up in, are you guys practicing in Orange County? Yeah, I drove down and then I'm going to drive some of our gear back up and then Riley's going to fly in a little bit later and then we're all going to go together in a van. Okay. Because the, the first show is in San Francisco, then there's one in Oakland, then one in Orange County, and then one in Vegas. Okay, so California and Vegas. Are you guys planning on coming up to the Northwest anytime soon? Or are you guys, you guys got a lot going on riding with Thrice too, Rao, huh? Yeah. Um, I don't know. We don't have anything planned this year with Less Art, but if something comes up and it, like if somebody wants us to be on a show, wink, wink, yeah, and uh, and it fits, I, I, we do it. I mean. We're just, we, we just wanted to play these shows and put them together because we have records coming out, you know, yeah. be out, be out in, in the world. So we'd love, to, we'd love to support some bands. That would be super rad. Okay. Yeah, that would be awesome to see you guys up here playing and seeing that band live. I mean, I'm sure I've yeah. not seen anything live yet, but with, as good as the record sounds, I mean, it's going to be ferocious, I'm sure. It, and, uh, you know... I'm just really, really excited for you guys and what you're doing. I mean, and I mean, so on, and we can chat for a minute on Thrice too. Like, you guys are, you guys have been riding all, all along on this, uh, that Deftones Rise Against tour, right? As far as just mm-hmm. like sitting down, writing parts on your own, and then kind of 
I guess you don't have to file share them when you're out on tour together. You can kind of just jam them out in a room. But did you guys have an opportunity to do that very much on this last tour? Yeah, we did. We did it a lot, actually. Um, we knew on the Steph Jones tour, we were playing like 35, 40 minutes a night. And uh, we're the second of four bands. Uh, so there's really not much of a sound check, if any. Um, so you know that there's going to be a lot of free time, yeah. a lot of downtime. Um, so we decided to you know, make the most of that opportunity with all of us being in the same place at the same time um, to really focus on, on sharing some of the ideas we had saved up and then um, really start talking about which parts would work well together and trying to trying to put together some really rough sketches of, of ideas that can become songs. Um, but it was, it was really went better than I thought it was going to go. Um, we were really productive and I think we got back from that tour and everybody kind of took some time to, to decompress and spend time with family and stuff like that. But I have a feeling, uh, fairly soon we'll be kind of getting back in the same room and, and jamming some of these ideas out. Okay. And what about you, Ed? I mean, with playing guitar, with less hard and, and having this record coming out and, and after recording and everything kind of being more in that guitar mode, have you been finding yourself writing more guitar parts for the thrice stuff more than bass? Or um, no, I mean, kind of, I, I think I, I started out writing more guitar parts, mm-hmm. um, like more around the time that, that we were, we were recording the last art stuff. I was like working on some, some things that were more like the right vibe. Yeah. Um, but, um, doing, doing this stuff with less art has actually made me want to, want to focus more on like the things that I do with bass. Cause it, it's, even though I re- I love playing guitar in this band, I also like, I'm like, shoot, there's like so many things it that I love in bass playing that you you know you just can't do a guitar and I mean that's it seems obvious but it's like just like the way that you can shift the weight of the music and the way that that you can like create holes in certain spaces and and um, I don't know it just made me really excited about like the way that you orchestrate songs so mm-hmm. I, I'll still be writing bass and guitar stuff and and whatever but um conceptually I, I it it inspired me a bunch to do this this record and that's excellent i'm stoked to hear some of this stuff i mean the the uh what did the rest of the guys think of of less art i mean are they are they stoked and supportive i'm sure they are but it's kind of a uh i guess not even need to be a question but i, I is there any kind of um with the band being as big as it is now is there any kind of uh, pressure or anything like that on side project stuff where you know, a lot of times you hear with bands like, you know, Thrice is number one, blah, blah. And I'm sure it is as far as in your guys' eyes, but is there mm-hmm. any kind of pushback or anything from like management or, or even in the band where it's like, Hey, you know, we need you to spend more time on this. Um, is that in there at all? I don't, th- I mean, maybe from us. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think like, I don't, I don't think so, but I always was, a little worried about doing anything on the side just because, you know, with rice kind of anything goes. Yeah. 
um, which is like a very unique situation. But I feel like there are some things where like even we've written old parts that just would never that never went anywhere because maybe they weren't they were too like weird or not melodic enough or just I just didn't work out, you know, and, and this is like the perfect space for it. Especially like the way that John plays guitar, he can he can even take like a part that we had had and be like, Oh, what if I do this? And you're like, Holy crap, okay, that's great now. Uh-huh. You know? He's he has a really cool cool mind. Um yeah. melodic mind and, and um, it's been it's been awesome working with him. But I'm I'm changing the direction of the question. But yeah. No, that's um, fine. That's fine. This is just a conversation, no, I, you know, like I I think like after the hiatus we kinda with Thrice like we made kind of agreed that we were gonna set up parameters on how much we were touring, how much time um we were gonna be expected to devote to Thrice. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, Justin's got his solo stuff that he does, and I think he's working on a project with his brother, and Tepe's got his business that he started during the hiatus. And, um, you know, Less Art is just, like, it's a fun it's a fun project. It's something that we can do to, to fill the gaps between Price Tours and Price Records and stuff like that. Yeah. Because um, there's there's a decent amount of downtime. Like we're, we got home from that Defcon thing, uh, like July 9th or 10th. And we don't really have another price thing scheduled until the end of September. Um, and that tour has been announced uh, now, I believe. Yeah, we got, we have a couple one-offs, uh, and then that circuit tour that starts in November. Um, so yeah, there's, there are big gaps where, you know, if if you got a side project and you want to spend a weekend playing songs with some of your friends, as long as you're still you know writing price stuff and and you know answering emails and text. Oh, well, I don't I don't do that well. As long as you're still plugged into price stuff and price is the main priority. Um, I think everybody's free to do whatever they want with the the downtime. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's no, there's no pushback. It's all been encouragement. Uh, we gave the record to to Tepe and Dustin both, and they were both like, "This is this is really cool." Nice. Uh, it, would you guys yeah. ever consider opening for Thrice? Mm, I do. Like a double duty thing. Like I, I know do. a lot of bands have done that in the past, but mm-hmm. it might. I would do it. But it might be weird, and we might be exhausted. But it is also weird because it's like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you would never ask, I mean, or maybe you would, I don't know. Like, you definitely wouldn't do like solo stuff before one of our sets. Or, or that might be weird. Maybe it would be weird in that way, too, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, but it's not out of the question. It could happen at some point. It's not like a the kibosh has not been put on it officially. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no, not a kibosh yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so did some of the some of the parts you guys were writing? So I guess with the thrice hiatus, when you guys went on hiatus, 
Was there any question that you were going to come back or not? Was that something you discussed and maybe didn't just didn't release to people? Where, or did you take a bunch of parts you had for Thrice and use it on Less Heart? Was there some bleed over in that as far as those parts? I don't. I don't think so. I feel like a lot of the stuff that was like written for Thrice, it's it's like there's a, there's a purgatory of of unused Thrice parts that I feel like it would feel weird to allot them to other projects because you can always come back and grab from those things. Sure. Right. Sure, and I, I love that <laughs> purgatory of thrice parts. That's <laughs> the, the dark heart. There's a crap ton of them. It's crazy, but so, so many. Man, well, and and Ed, you said you played you played a guitar you built on this record, right? Yes. So you're building guitar, and you've always been the the crafty one. It seems like from knitting hats back in the day to now building instruments. Uh, are you going to yeah. be selling any of these instruments? Or are you building them for yourself or friends? Um, I would I would like to start start doing that. I'm a, I'm a bit of a perfectionist in that, like, I don't want to give somebody something unless I'm it's like tested and approved, like self approved by me. Uh-huh. I guess I could I could do that with the bases that I play, but I also haven't really found a pickup that really makes me feel the same way the the original grabber pickup sound and you can't get those unless you're buying like old stock that somebody sold from a broken one or something so it's like until i get that sound right i don't want i don't really want to be selling them to people but i would love to do that and i really i really like making these guitars that i've been playing yeah um the the six string guitars um not six string bass guitars (laughs) Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, but I would love to do that. Where I'm living right now, I don't have any workshop space, so I'm I'm, I'm kind of looking to find a space to work out of, and hopefully, I can start just um start doing that. But okay, um, I saw that Facebook post about uh, looking for an art space, and I saw there was a ton of comments, so I didn't respond because I figured you probably found somewhere, but. If you're still looking, I I can, I'll, I'll I chat didn't. with you later, and and uh, I've got a lot of buddies down there in that area. That uh, yeah, that would, that would be super helpful. Okay. Or if anybody that listens to this wants to comment, yeah, on a on a workshop space or something. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, what? Uh, so so we've got less art down down uh, with what's going on. We've got you know Thrice is working on on material. What is uh what's up next for you guys in this downtime? I mean, for you, Riley, you've got you've got a young boy and and uh, a wife. And Eddie, did you end up getting married? Are you still engaged? Uh still engaged. Still engaged. We're, we're, okay. It's it's going to be a it's going to be a bit because we're just super busy. Yeah, absolutely. But what what's coming up for you guys before this circuit tour? Um, you got anything big going on or anything uh, anything of note? Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, fully immersed in dad mode. Uh, my son son turns two in a week and we have a three month old daughter, um, which that's a new addition since I last talked to you. Um, so yeah, they're, they're 20 months apart. So, uh, home life is hectic. Like 
the the baby girl is uh, essentially strapped to mom all the time, <laughs> and then I, I'm just dealing with a two year old toddler that is uh, hell bent on injuring himself uh-huh. on accident and uh, <laughs> and just talking constantly uh, and choosing inopportune times to throw temper tantrums and stuff like that. But, um, it's awesome, but it's, it's a ton of, ton of work, but, um, I am super happy to, you know, during times that I don't have to be on tour, I'm super happy to, to tap in and, and, you know, go full blown, full blown dad mode. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I saw it with uh, Dustin and Tepe's wives uh, when they started having kids. Um, it's super taxing on mothers uh, to to take care of kids on their own, basically, while while dad's off you know, traveling the globe with his friends playing music. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm happy to tap in and kind of help out as best I can. Sure. He kind of formed an alliance then since uh, a few of them live close by, I'm sure, where they kind of, you know, hang out during the day and kind of support each other as far as as your wife Uh, and Dustin and Tepe's wife? uh, I think my wife will text them from time to time uh, because their kids are a little older and they're kind of out of that toddler area. Gotcha. Um, So they kind of, you know, Dustin's wife and Tepe's wife leaned on each other because uh, they were having kids basically at the exact same time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they've been super helpful just giving my wife pointers about how to deal with stuff and how to cope and how to stay positive. And um, um, they've been super supportive of us. So it's been cool. Yeah. I'm so happy to see that you guys have all stayed married, stayed you know, together as a family, not not only yourselves, but with your your actual families, and and having, I mean, that tour life is hard, and you see it ruin a lot of a lot of marriages and and things like that. And it's so inspiring to see the support system you guys have, and and not only from fans, but from your own family, your own friends. I mean, it's just really cool, and and that's one thing I've really liked seeing with you guys is it's just all a hundred percent integrity and just honest and true and it's just a fantastic fantastic group and and you know same with this band i mean it's just 100 percent true i was nothing nothing contrived it was all just listening to it i mean like this is it this is just complete honest uh-huh. rocking you know and i love it and uh thank you i'm so glad to yeah. you know i've known you guys as long as i have and and uh you know it's it's uh it's been an honor and, and i really appreciate you guys coming on board and and uh coming back on the show too right before the the year mark yeah yeah <laughs> it'd be like episode 46 or 47 yeah. uh, almost hitting a year so uh be the annual annual episode yeah exactly and and uh, maybe we'll do another <laughs> thrice one once the new record comes out for you guys but yeah uh we'll book it yeah. before your publicist so we can seem like superheroes again it's, it's yeah. <laughs> but uh i really appreciate you guys coming on and taking the time i know it's uh it's dad mode time and and uh probably a beautiful summer day down there so all right guys i hope you enjoyed my conversation with ed and riley breckenridge from thrice and less art it was a fantastic conversation we always have a blast talking uh we've known each other a long time and it's been uh you know 
uh, a great a great opportunity to know those guys and see them come up through thrice and now into less art which is fantastic and thrice is working on new stuff uh, but right now strangled light you guys need to check it out it is absolutely fantastic definitely get your hands on that go to spotify wherever you can find streaming music it's on there um, they just finished a little uh, mini tour i think it just ended in vegas and uh i've seen some video from the the shows and it's pretty badass so definitely check that out appreciate you guys listening on adobe radio and if you download this on itunes don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show peerpleasurepodcast.com is the uh, website we have peerpleasurepod at gmail.com for email and definitely keep your eyes peeled for that patreon page coming in september for the show and definitely use our amazon affiliate link until next week we'll see you on the radio It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.